Sorry, the ESL lasted long, didn't it? Yeah, a couple of days. Um, I'm a bit disappointed. What are you disappointed in? Because Monday Night Football last night was brilliant. And the social media's been brilliant. And now it's just gone already. What I like is that it's the first time I've seen some of these fans of the big clubs, like especially the local lads around there, in like a genuine bit of meltdown. Yeah. I'm never going to support you again! How dare you! <laughs> Do that when you've travelled six hours to Gillingham to watch you lose 1-0, coming home, pissed with rain, um, with like an awful display. Like, joining a Super League, it was like... It was bad, obviously. Don't get me wrong, I didn't support it. But... Honestly, it was like, I'm not, being, I'm not a fan of you anymore. It's tough watching them on that sofa, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and as if any one of them would not have watched it, trust me, everybody <laughs> would have watched that Super League. They I'm would, convinced of it. They would have forgotten about the Premier League within <laughs> a matter of weeks. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the fans that, that go to the games have got something to say, but a lot of the people who don't go... How on earth could you... I just don't get it. I honestly can't understand. I, maybe I'm just an anomaly. But I can't understand how you can support a club with that much passion and not go to the games. Yeah. Um, but I, would have, I could have done with another couple of weeks of that meltdown. That was, it was good. Yeah I'm, hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that means it's sort of left room. So, so the news have broken, broken tonight that Chelsea have stepped out of the agreement. Yes. And, and Man City, right? Yeah. So I just hope it just sort of starts filtering down the leagues. Oh, just looking for teams to get into it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess next would be at, what, Everton? Yeah. Um, who would be after Everton? It's a bit bad, though, because like, if it gets to City, Mark Ashton's gone now, and he would have definitely have put you in that league. I, yeah, I'm hoping it gets there just before the end of May, and he puts us up with, the, <laughs> with Madrid and Juventus. Um, yeah, Ashton would have 100% done it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, it's the only way a Bristol club's going to get into... The elite football league, isn't it? Because we're not getting there through football and ability, are we? Well, that's it. No, no, you can't really get there on merit. We might as well sort of fraud our way in. Yeah. Um, I wonder what at what point it comes to Rovers. I think that's a couple of years yet, mate. Yeah. Uh, I expect there'll be. A f- I can guarantee you, there's a few clubs in that pyramid that would take that. Yeah, definitely, and without a shadow of a doubt. If Rovers are in it, they still find a way to get relegated, wouldn't they? <laughs> No relegation, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We'll bring Barton in for the rest of the season. I can see it now. We'll, we'll get a team out of that league. Yeah. <laughs> with our with our, uh, bit, uh, our business plan to to bring elite football to Bristol. Yeah, yeah. Well, the plan's going absolutely swimmingly for the red side of the town because, to be honest, it looks like tonight might be the night you go down, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, maths aside... Um, yeah, you're going down, mate, and I don't think it's quite sunk in yet as we sit here on this table. No, no, we'll come on to that um, when we talk about Rovers. Oh, right, oh, right, not ready for that yet, then. No. Well, what are we going to talk about tonight, then, Coops? Tell us, give us a bit of a roundup, mate. So, we're going to talk about the mess that is Bristol Rovers Football Club, uh, as you just mentioned. We've got the second part of the Steve Phillips interview. Yeah. First part was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Good reactions. And we're going to be talking about the Bristol 11, announcing the right midfield position, which is a bit one-sided, and um, announcing our nominations for the left midfield spot, the number 11 show. Number 11. I'm Coops, that's Patrick, and this is Brizzle Kicks.
Right, one all draw at Sheffield Wednesday for the City Boys. Um, Riverton. Yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> no. Uh, and I don't think many did. There was a handball incident that was quite interesting. Um, Lansbury got sent off for it. The ball got clipped over and it hit the crossbar. And as he's like jumped, he sort of like tapped the crossbar. Put his hand in the air, sort of tap the crossbar as the ball hits it, and basically didn't handball it. Uh, the ref's giving him handball, and, and so there was no reason for him to jump. Though I don't, I guess he was just making sure that it didn't cross the line. Um, but I can't help but think we should probably appeal that. He can't um, do anything right, can he, Lansbury? No, no, we should appeal the appeal really, uh, <laughs> and hopefully he gets the ban. Uh, no, no, it's it's Peter and out, mate. We're safe. I just can't. I don't know how long we got to wait for Pearson to be announced. Because um, he's he's done really well so far, so I don't. It's a really smart decision. Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to think maybe Pearson isn't the answer. I've never known a manager to lose so many games and still be and still yeah. considered the one. It's um yeah one of one of the few times in football that's happened. Mm. Um, although Mourinho is now looking for a job, so and I know yeah. what you're, you lot are like you'll be he'll be on the shortlist. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, I'd imagine so. We'll probably get him in for an interview. Um, still fuck it up I'd imagine um, but yeah basically to sum it up nothing to talk about Bristol City um, so let's move on to the blue few what's going on over there mate because it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's, a, it's a, obviously I think we're bought, as it stands we're 24th in League One <laughs> yeah yeah 24th in League One uh, nine points off safety three games to play and a goal difference in negative. So I think it's safe to say we're going to be a League Two football club next next season. Yeah, you are, yeah. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah. <laughs> any away days particularly that might be any good? Salford? Har- Harrogate away will be good. Harrogate. Nice little visit to Harrogate. That's quite a nice place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you see John Stead up there? John Stead, yeah. Um, There's nowhere, mate. Forest Green are going are gonna to be above Rovers, aren't they, in the football pyramid? Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, that sort of club you take the piss out of all the time. Yeah. Uh, they're above you, a well-run club, bigger club. Um, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I'm starting to think maybe a City and Rovers podcast is probably not going to do the numbers. <laughs> and if there are any Forest Green fans out there uh, that want to join up with, obviously, the biggest team in the West Country, then uh, give us a shout, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a complete mess. Um I don't know how to run a football club. No. But if we compare it to a pub, let's say. Yeah, because you can run a pub. Sort of. Sort of. Um, we've had three different managers. Yeah. All getting the same results. Right. Over and over again. Yeah. So, you know, if if, if you're looking at a pub and you have three different managers. Yeah. You get the same result. Yeah. With th- three different styles. Then it's clearly there's something wrong somewhere else. Yeah, maybe the managers aren't aren't the issue. Maybe maybe we've had three amazing managers and they just haven't had the tools at their disposal. Yeah, interesting. Um, so you got to look elsewhere. And Sam Frost did an article after the Lincoln game. Yeah, um, and it was quite an interesting one about four reasons to blame the coaches. Okay, clearly hasn't haven't got the results. The leadership. Okay. Of the club higher up. Yeah. Uh, the players as they haven't performed mm. and the recruitment. Which I think is a pretty nasty dig at the tea lady. If I'm interested. If well, I'm no, the tea lady's right. not mentioned there. Yeah, but recruitment is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we both know who's in charge of it down there. So To be fair, she said she had a good run. She did. Martin, 
Nigel Martin. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting because Joey Barton is just dropping grenades everywhere now. He's calling everybody out. Uh, fitness team. Um, you know, uh, he's making all these sort of subtle digs at people and about a revolution in the summer. And mm. you just wonder who's going to win that battle. Yeah, it's very... Um... And I hope he does win it because it is actually refreshing hearing someone come out and just dig people out because everyone's sort of hiding behind what's happened behind various phrases and you know, cliches and stuff. And I think you've had many a manager down there who has been quite scared of the size of the club down there and been quite scared of the fan base and scared of the owners and mm. don't want to step their foot in it. And you've actually found a bloke who is a bit of a maverick. Well, he's got a bigger Twitter follower than Bristol Rovers. He so. does. And he, look, he's, he's absolutely wrong on on a lot of things and he's mm. I think he's a bit of an idiot if I'm honest I really do he yeah. comes out with some absolute clangers but yeah from from an outsider's point of view forget that I obviously support City but from an outsider's point of view to see him you know hold his fists up and say right I'm going to do I'm going to do this um and and change it revolution wise um yeah it's quite not I suppose it's quite nice to see and is is he still a fan's favorite we still want Barton in yeah I think uh, you know, there's People having a bit of a social media meltdown, but you know it's, it's still it's probably more than fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, but something's going to come to a head in the summer because I can't see Joey Barton going into next season with the same support team, and I don't think I don't think Joey Barton is going to work with Tommy Widrington, who's the director of football, okay, or director of recruitment, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. So I think something's going to come to a head there in the summer, and you know Wales going to have to. Put his hand in his pockets. Not even necessarily that. I think he's he's he's, he's clearly done that. And uh, has he? He's kept the club afloat during the pandemic. But um, yeah. someone's had to come. Uh, Jerry Barton obviously wants his way of doing stuff. Someone's going to have to move aside to let him do that. I think so. Someone's going to be good. Next season's even going to be a complete disaster. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll we'll, we'll fly it. Well, obviously, forget about the woes down at the men. Um, there is also some pretty good news and good results happening yeah. uh, for the Gas Girls. Talk to me. Twenty-two nil against Lost- Gloucester City as well. It wasn't it? Wasn't just some random side. It was Gloucester City. Yeah, yeah. They must. I mean, they must have a decent women's team there. You'd think so. They're a pretty established club. Mm. Um, yeah, twenty-two nil. Well, well on girls. Yeah. Um, I got to say though, I, and we've pl- I've played in games like this. I think more youth football. I haven't played in a game like that for years, but. I do remember when you get to about 10, the only thought on your head is I'm going to score. And I'm going to get on that. I'm going to score as many as I can. I'm just going to shoot. Because there has to be something in in that goal that, or, or, you know, 22 goals is... is, It's a goal every three minutes. That's... Four minutes. Yeah, that's closer. Quick maths. Quick maths. Um, Um, Yeah, it was, yeah, it's a shambles. Hopefully they fly up the league... So we've got more chance of a Bristol derby in the Women's Football League, I think, than the Men's Football League. And do you know what? I think we should all get on it. Yeah. I mean, we should absolutely get down there. Yeah. Get all the... Embrace it. Season tickets in and just get... Yeah. <laughs> Let's pack, pack, the, pack the stadiums Imagine for that. 35,000 or have them. Was it 28,000 at the gate? Yeah, 27,000 Watch, at the gate. Watching the Gas Girls versus the Vixens. That would be great. Yeah. I actually do think that would be great. Yeah. And actually interest me can more. You, can you drink in the stadium... Women's football. Women's football. Um, I doubt it. That's what a question that is. Yeah, find out for next week. Well, someone in ladies' football, let us know. Yeah, 
Because if we, I'm I'm down there next game. I'll go down if you can have a pint on the sideline. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll we'll do a women's football special for the new season. Sounds good to me. Right then, on to the next part of the pod, Mm. Um, and it is the second part of a chat with Bristol's number one. Now, if you enjoy part one, um, I guarantee you're going to enjoy part two. So, enjoy. I don't know the way you say enjoy. You sound like a, a Mars rapper. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Enjoy with a smiley face. With that, with that season at Rome, it all suddenly, it all suddenly clicked. Um, you know, eleven games to play. We beat Notts County on St Patrick's Day, and Nicholson got two. And then from there, we went on a run of eight wins, two draws, one loss, and then we're only conceding four goals. You know what? We- what triggered that? Oh, mate, do you know what? What date was that run? What date did that run start? Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Not was that sort of... 17th of March. What date? What date? 17th of March. Yeah, because we, no, we were nowhere near. We were nowhere near, were we? No, no, we were not. Mid-table, I think. Were we... Yeah, down the table. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I ain't got a clue. I ain't got a clue what sparked it off. We, all I knew was we had we had some good players, really good players, and we were we were struggling terrible. We were like fifth or sixth bottom at... At Christmas, yeah, I, I think the Johnson's paint run massively helped because we worked because yeah. you got a win to get to the final, so we won every Johnson's paint game, yeah. Um, and the final was it the one was the final first of April, uh, I guess. There you go, then people are you know, people want to play in the final, don't they? Yeah, so you, you got to impress. I think that that I think the run massively helped. I think being Bristol City over two legs was an absolutely massive confidence boost, and that was only that was about the same time, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. It was about the same time. So I think the run, the Johnson's paint run was a massive part of getting the confidence going. Because in the league, we were miserable, weren't we? Yeah. Miserable. We couldn't oh. string any runs together. We we got, yeah, it was miserable. So definitely the run started, in, the, in the Johnson's paint. That also started Ricky Lambert, didn't it? That goal against City. I got him going a bit. Yeah. Everybody says that. Everybody says that. I think the class of the guy we got going any, anyway at some point. Um, mm. It just so happened that that, that, that one, Basso decided to, I don't know, what's he doing? I don't know. He, the ball went up, he dived down. So bowing down uh, to Lambert, wasn't he? I don't know what he was doing, mate, but he should have put he should have stuck his hands and his head up instead of dropping to his knees, he would have touched tipped it over the bar. Then who knows what would happen. Yeah. The um what was what was the uh, characters like in that Rovers team? There was no one in there that was really that aggressive other than me. Yeah. Who, 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 As I, in I what I mean when I mean aggressive, I don't mean I wanted to beat everybody up. Yeah. I would demand a certain level off of everybody. Um, I think everybody would have that in their own way, but like Campbell was a captain, but very nice natured, really nice guy. Just captain because of his performances on the pitch. Steve Elliott, a monster, monster bloke, but not aggressive. As in, yeah, aggressive as a player. God, you, you wouldn't want him to go up for a header with him. Yeah. But off the pitch, demanding, you know, it, it wouldn't be like life or death. So you get you pull your fucking finger out and go do this, do that, you know. Whereas I was, and that was just my nature. I was I was ferocious in and I always remember Aaron um Aaron Lescott dug me out because we played away at um I can't remember where we played, we got beat two one. I or we drew and, and they scored in the last minute and Sean Rigg lost the ball in the didn't didn't got the ball in the, at the pitch and didn't run into the corner with it and kill the game off. He tried to do something stupid like a backflick or something. They they nicked the ball off him and then twenty seconds later they scored. 
So as a, as we go back, and he's only a kid, he's what, 18 then. I don't, if you're old enough to play in the first team, you're old enough to get bollocked, right? Yeah, so I walked yeah. in the changing room fuming. I dug him right out. said, what the fucking hell do you think you're doing? Why do you not run the ball into the corner? You fucking useless flat and that. And Aaron Lescott actually sort of said, hang on a minute, he's only a kid. I went, only a kid, he's in fucking he's in the first team. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's lost us the game. <laughs> and then the, the week after, or a couple of weeks later, we played and I made a mistake for one of the goals and I got absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> Did he give it to you? And listen, Aaron Lestot, yeah, he said, have some of that, you fucking give him really shit. I'll, and then, <laughs> yeah, and I listen, I accept it. I accepted it. That's fine. You know, you dish them out, you gotta take it. And that was the way I was. Um, and I wasn't gonna change that for anyone. I was a winner absolute winner and that was it we, we I wanted to win at all costs and if I wasn't pulling my weight I expect someone to say I wasn't pulling my weight and if I thought that someone was cutting corners or not running about or doing something stupid I'd be letting them know about it I, I'm sure you've tried to, to erase them from your memory but what's the worst clangor you've ever had there is nothing worse you know what the, no no there is no there's two two that spring to mind one was away at Wolves on Boxing Day where Spill my Seabot passed that ball back, and it it wasn't particularly my fault. What they'd had a lot a lot of rain, right? And they put a dome over the pitch with heaters underneath it. Yeah. Boxing Day is a massive day in it in the calendar. Yeah, we were away at Wolves. They were at the top. We were at the bottom, and um, they tried to dry the pitch out, but it was so wet, like really wet, and it churned yeah. quite, up quite a bit. And he, I remember him; he passed one back with a bit of pace on, and I went to control it, and it hit one of the divots in front of me, oh, and it really? missed my foot completely. Didn't yeah. even touch my foot. Went straight over my foot. Yeah. And I'm I'm scrambling back in the goal to try and get it out. And that was hard because that was my first season in the team in the championship. Yeah. And that was my first mistake as in, you know, blooper mistake. Yeah. That everybody yeah. goes, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I managed that so on that 4G, was a... to be honest, mate. So I won't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that was pretty tough to deal with. Um and Mike Gibson was he was super mate. He, he knew when he needed to pick me up off the floor and he knew when he needed to pat me down when I was on, on good form. Don't get too carried away when you're playing well. Don't get too low when you're not playing well. And um the other one was away at um Oxford's old ground. And I tried to I had a touch, tried to play one out Sean Taylor and pass it straight to the striker. He squared it and the geezer tapped in. <laughs> um so those two were Bristol City. For Bristol Rovers, I I can't remember having um I can't remember having a proper howler. Yeah, there was goals that I look back on. I think, oh fucking hell, what, what was I doing? Yeah, but yeah. Um, Millennium Stadium, uh, the first goal. Who's was that? The defender's fault? I can't remember who it was. Or was it was a bit of both, wasn't it? I think it yeah. was a it was a bit of like, shall I go? Shall I stay? One of them, and um, that for me isn't a clanger. It, yeah. A clanger is like when it goes over your foot straight in the goal, or you let one through your hands, or yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, you dive over a soft one, or it goes through your legs. Mm. Um, I can't remember making a real bad one for Bristol Rovers if I'm being honest um, true, when I went to crew I kicked the back pass against the centre half and it went straight in the goal Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> straight <laughs> back past me in the goal yeah. Um, but yeah I, I'd like to think that I was quite reliable which is what I worked so hard on in the first five years of my career I worked incredibly hard on technique and, and my tactical game um, that in the goal I was my technique was that trained that I was quite reliable shot stopping terms um handling diving shape all that sort of stuff reactions all this all this sorts of stuff you, you it's the main job is to keep the ball out of the net I was quite reliable at because that's what I practiced so hard so long every day yeah yeah on that on that uh line one of your um 
what just your, your best saves? Some of those that are sticking in your mind. Please. Oh yeah, well the Everton penalty save, um, the double penalty save against Everton in, on the in on, that was live on Sky in the Carling Cup was yeah. is the one that springs to mind immediately because of it being against Everton. It was full. It was a full house. The atmosphere was electric. Um, yeah. I did actually go on to save the penalty of their first penalty from Dave Watson, uh, Steve Watson in the shootout, and then Leroy Lee and Danny Coles missed the next two and we missed. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was really disappointing because I played really well that game. Yeah, and the keeper um, always the Harley... up well on a penalty shootout as well. They're always yeah, there. can't lose, mate. Can't lose. No. So and the other one, that's, the other games that spring to mind is Hartlepool away in the playoff final, semi-final. Yeah, I made a mistake there actually um, in that game where they scored. But I made about six saves, but two of them were absolute proper, really good yeah. saves. And um, yeah, it kept us in the game. But I did make a mistake. I, I shouted for a ball that came through and Lewis left it and the striker nipped in between us. Yeah. Um, and it's the only time I've ever, ever, ever in my time at the game, at that place with Lewis, and we were there 10 years together. Yeah. He's ever swore at me during the game. He right. went mental. Yeah. yeah. I, I shouted keepers and it was a through ball. I shouted keepers and the last roll, he nipped it around me. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I said I blame Lewis now I say to Lewis yeah but Lewis if you'd have blocked him he wouldn't have gotten to the ball and it had rolled in my box and I'd have picked it up but you sort of listened to my shout and then just ran off to the side I said why did you not get your body in between me and the ball and it, he wouldn't have been able to nick it off it me been all right, yeah. so, I blame, so I, I actually blame him now but I, yeah. on the night he was fuming he was fuming and it could have cost us massively that goal but it, luckily it didn't so soon forgotten in the second leg that's one of the yeah, one of yeah exactly, exactly. Some, sometimes it, you know if you get if your team get you out of trouble it's long long forgotten isn't it if, imagine if that goal would have cost us yeah 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 it's a different story then isn't it it is it is um, how, how did it? How, did, how what was it like? A, a playoff final compared to a, a John, like a league football league trophy final in terms of. Oh mate, it's like chalk and cheese, isn't it? You, like I was only speaking about this overnight. The, the Johnson's Paint Trophy is all about getting to the final. Mm. It's a miserable, miserable trophy, really. And yeah. until you get to the later rounds, people change their team. They put youngsters in. It's like you get if you get to round four, then it starts to become a little bit more serious. You care mm. about as a player quite, in those early rounds. I don't know. I wanted to play every game, mate. Yeah. I was fuming. If he left me out for round one, I'd be fuming. I wanted to play every game. Um, but I get why they don't because you've got small squads nowadays and, and they, you get someone injured in round one and you lose or you lose in round two. There, it's pointless. Mm-hmm. You get no fans watching it. You don't get any fans watching it until like you get to the area final or the one below before that. And then everybody starts thinking, oh, bloody hell, we've got a chance of Wembley here. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nothing. No, because there's no pressure on losing in the Johnson's Paint Trophy or whatever it's called now, there is huge pressure on losing, not losing in a playoff final. Yeah. Do you feel when we, were, when we won the playoff final with Rovers, that was sort of uh, mission complete for you after kind of dropping down a league from Bristol City? Yeah. Well, you know what? I was on my way to sign my contract at Bristol Rovers um, and it was the only club that were willing to pay that money for me. So I had a, I had a get out. I knew what was coming. I knew that the fans at Bristol Rovers, were, I was the last person who wanted them, who they wanted to turn up to play and goal for their team. And Bristol City fans were fuming that I was going and I knew all that. And I knew what was coming with all the shit that I had to deal with. And I actually pulled over because my mum and dad, I'm very close to. And even now, still at my age, I still ask my dad's advice on, on everything. And I pulled over and I rang him halfway. I was halfway to the ground to sign my deal. And I, he went, all right. I, yeah. Uh, I said, he knew I was on my way there. I said, oh, I'm going to turn around. He went, what do you mean turn around? I said, oh, I can't win. How can I win? I'm going to a club that don't want me. 
and the club that I'm leaving, if I go there, I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered for the for the next year or two. As it happened, it was for 18 months. Um, he don't never swear, my dad. He goes to church. He's a Catholic and all that sort of stuff. And um, he he went, son, you need to grow some fucking balls. And he put the phone down. And he put the phone down. So I'm like, okay, right, okay, off we go then. So I carried on and signed the deal. And um, yeah, I, I look back at it and it's the best move ever. It, it couldn't have been any better. And I knew, I knew what I had to do. I knew I had to get player of the season. Mm. That is the only job in my mind. The, the plan was get player of the season, let the rest take care of itself. And and to I, I had to for them to accept me because of where I come from. And all those games I played against them for the Bristol City, the penalty save in the last minute against Rovers, the, the lead, the two games later, they go down by a no, point. No. You know, it, you, you, you couldn't have written it, could you? No. You couldn't have written no. the script. It was, it was absolutely mental. And I knew if you can get player of the season, they'll accept you. And what happened? We get promoted, we get the Johnson's paint final, I get player of the season, every award going player of the season. And it, honestly, it couldn't have worked out any better. And then just to stay in League One while I was at the football club was almost as big an achievement as getting there. Yeah. Um, at, with at the squad point, that we had. At what point do you think um, well, the gas, the gas has sort of accepted you? Uh, I think it, I think it was pretty quick, if I'm being honest with you. Because although we were not very good as, as a team and results weren't very good, I was quite busy because of how bad we were at the start. <laughs> um, so I was quite busy and I had a good goalie coach, Steve Book. Yeah. Um, who, who worked me quite well at training and not, made me feel good. And, you know, that is a massive part of being a goalie coach. Um, yeah, the, just the thought process was always was always there. It was always like, you've got, you got to perform. You have to perform. And I know that sounds stupid and you might say, well, why don't you say that every game? But yeah, you want to perform. But the pressure that I was under at that club, and early on especially, I had to make sure that I was absolutely smack on it every minute of every game. Because the minute I let one in, I shouldn't, you know what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Especially early on, early on in my career at that club. Mm. So you talk about pressure, talk about pressure. You talk about the pressure going back to Ashton Gate three months after I'd left. I had nine months of that. Yeah. Basically, I had nine months. And it wasn't until we got promoted that they, you know, and obviously the build up and those last 10 games, I've kept 29 clean sheets in one season. That's amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? So, weren't you as well? League two teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got in. Um, no, I didn't get him. Uh, no, I got the most clean sheets out of all the divisions, including the Premier League. Yeah, I didn't get in Team of the Year somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I think, who, I, think the Hartley Paul, I think the Hartlepool goalie got in there. Constantopoulos. Oh right. Uh, they, yeah. I think they 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 got automatic. I think, and he had twenty five clean sheets in one season. I think I had more, but he, yeah, I didn't get him. Yeah, and I was bothered about that. I was bothered about getting promotion and. Getting pissed up after, brilliant. Because we um we t- we we had the last game didn't we of the season to get into the playoffs and Ricky. Lennon oh yeah, it was it was unreal, wasn't it? Yeah. Because we go one 0 down, they've got to win or match the team below them to, in second to win the title. Danny Wilson's a manager, partly yeah. Paul. Yeah. Right. Who's obviously I I hold him very high regard as you know. And we go one 0 down. And the team below us are winning five. We're seventh in the league, in the league, which is it just the last place. Yeah. And we have to match the team in eighth to stay in. Well, we're losing one nil. They're winning five nil. Yeah. Out of the playoffs, 
And this team that are beating someone 5 0, I can't remember what team it is now, are winning 5 0, are in the playoffs. It was Jim Gannon Stockport. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Because I remember. Yeah, listen to this for a story. So we're top of the league. We need to win because the team in second are winning to win the title, which is huge. Yeah. If you're going to go promotion automatic, you've got to win the promotion, right? You don't want to come second. All of a sudden, we turn on, we, we just go into overdrive. We score two goals in the last eight, 10 minutes, isn't it? 80, yeah. 85, is it? Yeah. We win. Hartlepool end up second. Stockport, who were winning 5 0 against someone, I don't know, rubbish, who were at the bottom, end yeah. up staying out of the playoffs. Yeah. Jim Gannon, obviously, that night when we got the game called off, started calling us all cheats and fraudsters <laughs> and all slaughter, slaughter in the club and all that. So we're in the playoffs. We finished fifth in the end, I think. Yeah. On the back of that win, then we got Lincoln, haven't we? Lincoln have been in the playoffs for the last three seasons on the trot and lost every one. Yeah. Oh my God, they're going to win one of them, aren't they? They can't <laughs> lose again. I'm thinking yeah. America. We got Lincoln, and we got Lincoln. We absolutely battered them. We beat them two one at home and five three or five two away from home. Got to yeah. the final. Everybody knows what happens in the final. On the bus on the way home, all the lads get Jim Gannon on a loudspeaker <laughs> on the bus. He didn't answer, right? He didn't answer. <laughs> So we left him this. We we left him this uh, massively long message, like "fuck you, Jim." Rah, rah, rah. Everybody was shouting down the phone at him, giving him large. Uh, yeah, never heard anything of it. He absolutely <laughs> never heard anything of it. But we slaughtered him because he absolutely hammered the club for that that, yeah. that game that was called off. He was trying to get legal action, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he went mental. Yeah, he went mental. What a clown! With the um, with, with coach journeys, what are they like as a professional? Because obviously you're all professional athletes, but like that trip back from Hartlepool. What, five hours on the coach? Is it celebrations on the way back? Because like, no, no, um, no. Paul, Paul was very, very strict on that. Very, very strict. He yeah. was. Um, I remember. I can't remember what player it was, but he'd walk up the bus because everybody would train. They get on the bus on the Friday, not necessarily the Hartlepool game, but in general, we get on the yeah. bus and the lads would nip off to the shop and get some food, which is fine because it's a long trip and you might want some food for your hotel, but you've got to buy the right food because your body is like working overdrive. So you need to fuel your body right for the next day. Or well, yeah. someone had a packet of crisps on the table in the yeah. shop. So he walked to the back of the coach. I cannot remember for the life of me who it was. He left him out the squad. Wow. Bloody hell. <laughs> left him out the squad. Had a packet of crisps on the table. He said, uh, and he left him out the squad. He said, "What the fuck is that?" Rightly so. You don't eat packs of crisps when you're playing football professionally. It's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. So he left him out the squad. And that was the type of that was that was his that was the type of bloke. He, he was he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And um, uh, his detail was he ran he did so he, he would do things like preseason training. Mm. He would plan preseason training, and while everybody was on holiday, he would run all the runs that he got for us himself, he was fit, oh. proper fit. Yeah. And so he had a time that everybody, he knew the time that everybody would have to get in. Right. Oh, so yeah. if he could run it in that time, he would expect everybody else mm-hmm. to get, bear in mind, he was fitter than most of the players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so his detail was phenomenal. And he kept yeah. all the records from the previous year to make sure that he knew everybody's times and what their body fats were and what their weight was. And, you know, it, the detail was he was phenomenal and then you got Lenny who was um, oh he was top drawer Lenny brilliant he was a shouter Lenny he was the one that came in and if things were going well and he would blast you whereas Trolls was a bit calmer and a bit more so he worked off really well they, they bounced off uh, really well off each other um, are you surprised Troy yeah. hasn't done much management since he's obviously I am a little thing. bit 
he was always that I think that role suited him more. I think yeah. that role suited him more. Yeah, he, he he was a great coach. He was um like I said, the detail in his coaching was phenomenal. Um so yeah, I, I'm not surprised he's not I'm not I, I I'm not surprised he's not he's not been a coach at the level he has been Welsh FA the Welsh FA and, and top top clubs and top managers he's worked for because he was he's like yeah, he he was top draw. Who 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 would be who's been the best manager of your career? Do you reckon? Well, I've had some good. I've had a lot. I've had a few. Um, Danny Wilson mentioned him already. Paul Trollope, right up there. Steve Davis, crew, right up there. Russ Losman, believe it or not, was my under twenty one manager. Now I know it, it's not. It's not the under twenty ones. This is when I first joined. Russell was the whatever you want to call it, reserve stroke under twenty three back then, whatever it was called. Yeah, he was. He was um, absolutely superb. Um, just the just, just the awe, the, the aura that came out of him. He, you know, he, he played for England. He played in the chap, won the European Cup of Ipswich. He'd been in Escape to Victory. You know, he was someone that, having come from where I'd come from, looking up at him every day and and watching him because he joined in training back then. He was probably only early forties. Mm. Oh, he was absolute class. Couldn't mm. believe it. He he, ping, he kicked the ball with both feet, and I literally didn't know which foot he was. Like yeah. a missile, both feet. His casts were bigger than my quads. He was, I was, I just in awe of him. He was not only brilliant to watch, the way he talked, he just used class and he made you feel comfortable. And that's exactly what I needed in them early, early months of turning pro because I had a lot of clue what was going on, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was, an, he was one that mm. I really steadied the ship. Because it could have been a bit nervy, it could have been a bit rocky. The old ship could have been a bit rocky um, if it was if it wasn't for him and the way that he, he his mannerisms were very calm and you know he didn't shout. He was calm. He tried to improve people. He was, you know, he was he was top drawer. To be fair to him, the two the two current managers at the moment and City and Rovers, Barton obviously. Yeah. I know obviously. <coughs> I don't know if you get to watch much football nowadays. Obviously, I know you got um, obviously a lot. On. My boys are my boy. My my oldest boy is fifteen. It's a season to get older at Ashton Gate. He fills me yeah. in. Obviously, not lately, but I don't watch it. If I'm honest, I couldn't tell you the team. I couldn't tell you Bristol Rovers' team. Um, yeah. Going on the managers. Um, yeah, what the manager they got. Really, that's all. Yeah, uh, the manager. My my opinion on the manager they got now is it's about time they had a manager with a with a name and a, a CV to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've far too often gone um, underdog. Yeah, Chris Hooten. They should have snapped Chris Hooten's hand off. Yeah, when he was linked to the job, in my opinion. Um, I don't know whether it was money. I don't know whether it was Chris himself didn't want the job. I can't obviously surmise on that, but. Yeah, yeah. It's about time that they got someone who's been in the Premier League, won promotions to the Premier League. Um, they're going to need a big clear out. That's what I can. That's what I can see. Um, yeah. I think there's a few out of contract, fifteen or sixteen, so that should be quite easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he's the one, if he's the guy that does the job next year, because he's only on till the end of the season, so who knows? Bristol yeah. Rovers, um, how on earth they're near the bottom and look like they're going to get relegated? I hate to say it, but they do. How they're down there with ownership and when the fans are in the they make a huge difference the fans at Bristol Rovers a huge difference but how are they even in a position where they're that low the size of the club the owners that they've got um, I'm baffled I'm baffled Mm. baffled I think the manager that um, they gave the job to which was the academy guy who was the academy guy called Ben Ben Garner Ben Garner so Ben Garner got the job 
by all accounts, a fantastic coach. It's a lot different being a manager in the football league, having to manage a football club mm. and all the all the stuff that goes with managing the football club yeah. than being a coach of an under-23 team. Mm. You know, it's a total, it is like chalk and cheese times a million. Was that the right way to go? Obviously, now you know it's not. I think in hindsight, everybody raised an eyebrow and thought, oof, not had a not had a manager's job in the football league. It's going to be that's tough. That's mm. tough, and it's a big club. It, although it's a bit, the ground doesn't really point to the club being big. It's a big club, Bristol Rovers, really big. And I think they got that appointment wrong. I know you say, well, that's obvious because they they are been at the bottom. But I said it from the start that could be tricky. Yeah. So yeah. and then and the, and the sign the, the signings. Then you look at the signings. Then you look at do they get the best out of the signings? And like you said, they got some good players. And the striker situation. I read a fact that they've scored three between them in eighteen games, or three between them in so many get like a ridiculous amount of games. The strikers. Yeah. They never. They never replaced that Clark Harris, did they? So no. And and yeah, it's a mess, isn't it? It is a mess, and I I, I just hope that Joey can somehow get them out of it. And you look at the fixtures they got coming up: Lincoln, Portsmouth. Yeah, uh, Blackpool away on the last game of the season. Blackpool are fourth. They're going to be having to win to stay in the playoffs, just like we did all those years ago. Mm. That is tough. That is really tough. I really feel they're struggle. They're going to struggle. I hope yeah. I'm wrong, but looking at it, the team in the the, okay. the safest team, <laughs> two games. They got two games in hand over yeah. Bristol Rovers. That's a that's that a big is, a big two points dropped on Saturday against North massive North. massive. Because if they win one of those games in hand, yeah, Rovers have got to win three or four of their last six. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think you, it's, uh... you put that into context with the teams they've got to play. Yeah. Um, there's, I think, four of the six are in the top six. Yeah. Yeah. That is tough. That is, that's tough, guys. That is tough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, well, I wish them all the best, but I, 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 and, you know, you never know. You yeah. never know. It's a funny old game, so they all say. Yeah. yeah. Just, so let's, just... let's just hope that they, uh, they, they put it all together. Just um, before we wrap up, because I'm conscious we've gone over the time. The um, do you think when you, the 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 gap between Rovers and City is bigger now than it was when you joined in 2006? Oh, huge, huge. Yeah. Oh, I um, I take my hat off to Steve Lansdowne. Yeah. Oh, massive! It's massive. He should be knighted. He should be given the freedom of the city. He has been. I, that is an absolute monstrous job he's done with that club. Monstrous. And even though I fell out of him. I, I, well, yeah. He needs not. He needs. A, he needs to be Sir Steve because that club and the city, and it's not just football, is it? It's going to be basketball. It's going to be rug. It's rugby. It's going yeah, to be it's the, yeah. It's the Bristol what sport it's model. He's created. Oh, it's just oh mate, what absolute ridiculous effort! It's a ridiculous effort. It's a Premier League club now. Yeah, and that it's that... geared up totally and utterly for Premier League football. Now we all know how hard it is to get out of the Championship. It yeah. is ridiculous, right? And let's hope with the bit of the with the clear out that's coming up, and there's so many players that are out of contract, and they get the right manager, whether it's Nigel, he stays, or they get someone else. Because everybody deep down wants Premier League football in Bristol, don't they? Even yeah, if you're a Rovers fan, yeah, yeah, just, yeah no, just, it, they do. And if you if you if you say that, and if you say no, you don't. You're a fool, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For and, everybody, um, everybody involved, everybody, and for every reason. Everybody should want to see Bristol City in the Premier League yeah. or Bristol Rovers. Yeah, yeah. I think Bristol okay. City are going to get there before Bristol Rovers. Yeah, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd agree. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he's built a nice, nice rugby stadium down there, hasn't he? So it's, uh, it's pretty decent. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. It is a nice place. I drove past it today actually when I was dropping my kids home, and and it is, um, it's breathtaking the surroundings now. And it was nice when I played there. Um, it was a lovely place to play. It was all done right, uh, and now it's just gone to another level. And yeah. um, I just hope that they, he gets his rewards. He, he gets the rewards because he deserves it. Right, you're you're playing for a city, and they open a new training stadium. They call it the High Performance Centre. What do you think as a player to that? Because from the outside, from from my opinion, I think it's a ridiculous name to name the training centre. Yeah. And it, is that is that a mentality thing? Is that is that to sort of get people getting in there and thinking that's what I'm going to do when I'm in there? I'm you know at a high performance level, or is that just is it a bit that, more that for is, the, for the people? That's all. That's that's all to do with psychology, mate. That. Yeah, has to be because they should. What they should call it is this: Steve Lansdowne, yeah, training yeah. ground, or yeah. or the Brian Tinian training, or somewhat Jackanowski's training, or someone, yeah, or what's his name? You know, the high performance center is made. Made the name is made so that when you're going in there, you know what you got to do. What you learn, yeah. be high, That is elite high performance mm. athletes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a great name. I think it's an absolutely superb name. Okay. Yeah. There we go. The, um, I love it. I think I think it's it, it is it is built purposely for high performance athletes. I I think from I think the the reason I, I I find it a little bit difficult to understand is when we don't reach those levels that we haven't been in recent weeks, we become an absolute target. So, <laughs> and it's quite easy to to take the piss out of, to be honest. Um, yeah, but obviously, but, I, I don't go every day, so. As a, as a football supporter of the club, anything that is new is a sitting duck if you're not playing well. Yeah, yeah. And as a supporter, if I was a supporter, there is no way I would take the piss out of anything that my club is trying to do to improve the players. So psychologically, yeah. they've named that state, they've named that new training facility something that will inspire. The name yeah. should inspire people to turn up there. Um, where are you going today? I'm going to the high performance center to train. Mm. so the mentality shit that it really frustrates me because supporters of the football club should support constantly yeah and I feel that it's very easy when the chips are down but look what you got to look forward to when you go back watching that stadium 16 new players possibly next year the new high performance training centre it can only improve your players of course with the facilities there and yeah all you want to do is knock it because well it's like piss take because we're not performing we're not performing anything like that training ground's name. Everybody's human. Everybody goes up and down and dips and troughs. Everybody's in form. Everybody goes out of form. But the club is trying to do everything in its power to make everybody and get that extra half a percent. Yeah. And if that means naming the training facility, that to incre- in, to improve the psychological state of the players that turn up yeah. and do it. Because yeah. that might be the difference one season. Because you, yeah. you get a group of players that have got a different mindset next year. Mm. That will make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's you know what I mean? New players, yeah. new players that turn up, new players that turn up at Ashton Gate and they get took around the stadium. They're like, "Oh, these are bulging out their head. I want to play here. What a place!" Yeah. Oh, right. This is the stadium. Now we're going to take you to the high performance training ground. Yeah. Oh, are you? Mm. Yeah, I'd be yeah, buzzing. yeah. But you got you got to have a certain mentality to be like that. And I think all the players at that level have got that. Um, that would inspire me. That training ground as a player. If I roll the clock back, mm. I'd be buzzing. Because that's what I think I am. If I was when I was playing, that's what I am. But it's easy to criticise things when not things aren't going well. But 
yeah, yeah, as yeah. a supporter, as a supporter. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. just saying that because you've said that, but you there's a no, there's, you're completely right. There'll be seventy, there'll be seventy percent of supporters saying the same thing as you about that because the team haven't won and they've yeah. lost seven on the bounce at home. Yeah, yeah, but if they've won seven on the bounce at home, after the training ground's been open, everybody be going, oh, it's the training ground, the name, the inspiring name of the training ground, the, the yeah. facilities are a joke, it's brilliant, blah blah blah. The minute chips are down, hammer anything you can. Yeah, of course. I suppose. Yeah, I just got. You just got to stay positive with it. As, as yeah. Bristol Rovers, your mate sat next to you, mate. He's got something to moan about. That's true. Yeah, yeah. he's got something to moan about. Chinnick's landing on the training pitches. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, as a Bristol City supporter, mate. Yeah, as a Bristol City supporter, you got very little to moan about at the moment. Yeah, I think no, the future is very, very good. I have got to agree. I think that's probably why the high performance centre is a target. They, I guess they, they but, like a moan down there. Yeah. Isn't it? It's true. Well, it's true. They, they, in all fairness, in all fairness, they do moan more than the Rovers fans moan. I'll give yeah. them that. Yeah, I think we've been booed off. But we've been booed off at nil nil, right? I've yeah. been booed off at nil nil many a time. We never got booed off when we were losing at Rovers. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember getting booed off. Yeah, yeah no. I, is that expectations? What's that? Yeah, that... of course it is. Yeah, yeah. of course it is. Because Bristol Rovers fans have had nothing. Mm. Round training facilities are rubbish. Yeah. Really, that a professional outfit, whereas Bristol City's always been professional and bigger and better in all departments, and for whatever reason, yeah. And um, and they, when something goes right, that's why that place is amazing. When yeah. something go wrong, it's sort of almost like, well, you know, let's just cheer them because they've not. It's that's the way they are. The, the, the ground's not great. You know, they they haven't had the luxuries that the city fans have had over the past few years, have they? No, no, no. Um, so yeah, I think there's a, I think there's, there's definitely that in it. But let's hope that the new billionaire owner at Rovers ends up being like transforming the club like the billionaire owner does at Bristol City yes, because that would be fantastic for the city, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two two clubs in and the Premier League would be fantastic to be honest. And well, Bristol Derby in the Premier League. Bristol it'd be, Derby. It'd be immense. It'd be yeah. immense if they got in the, into the same into the same. Um, uh, league again, wouldn't it? It would be immense. I probably yeah. would go and what undercover. I would go undercover. I'd probably go as Mickey Mouse or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put a Matty Taylor mask on, you'll be all right. Oh, mate, yeah, he's loved, didn't he? Yeah, that's a difference, right? That's another. That's another great point because Matty Taylor is not liked by either set, is he? Uh, no, City. Fa- I don't think City fans are particularly. It was pretty indifferent. I think Lee Johnson bought him to buy him a few more weeks. Um, in the job, we were going for a horrendous bit of form. His release clause apparently got released and City, within a couple of days, had signed Bristol Rovers star striker. And he was unveiled at half-time, big old wave to the to the fans. And uh, I think it bought Lee Johnson a bit of time. And I think City fans were just more happy with taking the piss out of Rovers than actually yeah, the signing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. They weren't happy. With, they, they were not fussed by the signing. They were... They were happy because it had sort of shit on Rovers, didn't it? A bit of a bit, uh, and they lost their best striker. Well, the goals, are, yeah, no, I get that. When when we played Oxford, um, and he he was playing for Oxford, Rovers had um, an inflatable snake amnesty bin for supporters to drop their inflatable snakes into. That's yeah, bit different in Italy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Seems oh, like mate, you'd have had the snake, you'd have had the snake tied around his neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just before we go, we, we, there's five questions we ask all of our guests. There's quick fire oh, questions. Yeah. If you could go back and give one piece of advice to your 18, 19 year old self, what would you give? Um, oh my God, what a good question that is. Um, play like you're 
experienced. Yeah. If, if I could roll the clock back and I could go back to Bristol City as a 28-year-old, I would. Uh, that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. Because yeah. what Bristol City fans seem as a very raw, inexperienced, young, very hungry goalie that was improving very quickly. Yeah. They didn't see Steve Phillips at his best from 27 to 35. Right. So they'll have this. They'll paint this picture about you want to bring on crosses, for instance. Well, when you watched me playing for Bristol Rovers, you probably didn't think that. No. Because I come out and caught everything. Yeah, yeah. But the better, the more older I became, the more experienced I became. I, I, I learned to be comfortable in the in my own skin at what I'm good at and what I'm not that good at. Yeah. Um, and the pressure of making mistakes. I used to go. I used to play at Ashton Gate and every match that I used to wake up the only thing on my brain was don't make a mistake don't make a mistake don't make a mistake and it wasn't until Danny brought in Brian Jones who was a psychologist that it took me about eight months to get out of that so I've been thinking about that for probably four or five seasons yeah 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 every game the pressure of not making a mistake don't make a mistake don't make a mistake and that maybe then put me on the back foot rather than being on the front foot yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, I could always save the ball. That's why I practice day in, day out, minute after minute. But the other aspects, the detail in positioning and not only being in the right place, but being bold enough to go and catch the ball on the penalty spot, knowing that if you fuck it up, you're going to probably let one in. So would yeah. I be happier going, actually, let's be safe and take a step back rather than taking a step forward? Yeah. Which I got as I got more experienced. So yeah, definitely. If if I was going to give myself any advice, it would be play like you're 27 and not 21. Yeah, is that something? I know you you've got a goalkeeping academy, but it's, it's younger kids. Is that something that you you can try and install in them at that? At- oh, massive, mate! Massive. My experiences over my whole career are they're priceless for the kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely priceless. And and yeah, you can speak to certain age groups about that, but some are too young at the moment. Yeah. So you have to manage. You have to manage that sort of situation and manage the way you coach through the age groups. But uh, yeah, what age, you, what age do you uh, teach up to? Anything, anything from seven to about seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, you got. I got, got, got about. I got about hundred kids. I got about hundred kids over three different sessions a week. So Bridgewater, Midsummer, Norton, and Yeovil. Yeah. Um. My my eldest boy, who's fifteen, was at Southampton until about seven months ago, and he got released for not doing enough. Not because he wasn't good enough, because he was shit hot but not yeah. doing enough. So it shows you the level that you've got to work. Yeah, of and course. For him, to, him to get released for not doing enough after knowing how his dad had to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stay in is, was a bit disappointing, but yeah, of course, he was, yeah. he's, you know, he, he, he knows, mate, he might be back. He, he might be back. Yeah. We we spoke to, it's, it's really interesting. Sorry, there are actually a few couple of questions quick for us, but it's really interesting. We spoke with Jed Ward, who's just signed a pro contract at Rovers. Um, yeah, and it, and he's uh, a keeper. Just signed a pro keep, keeper there, and um, just his his whole thing was how hard how hard he worked. But he was given the opportunity when he was sixteen and quite and quite late with it. Um, yeah. I'm wondering, like, because a lot of the footballers we hear they get signed at eight years old, don't they? And they stay at the academy yeah, yeah. and they get through. Yeah. Whereas the the keepers, you they. I, everyone I've spoken to have come through quite late and actually have taken that step. Is that something, I don't know, do you take that into the coaching that you're doing at, at the moment? Like, there's still um, always that that kind of door open I think, somewhere. Yeah, I think, I think goalies around Bristol and, and the Somerset area um, and goalies in general do develop later. Mm. How many 18, 19-year-old goalies you see playing week in, week out? 
Yeah. How many 20 and 19 year olds you place in and mm. playing out for a week in, week out? Quite a few. Yeah. No goalies, not, not regular, a week in, week out. Um, so I think that is a valid point. I think goalies that go through the system up, up till scholarship page and even get a scholarship and then just get trashed, then see you later. Yeah. Uh, what is what is them what is there in place to back these kids up once they're chucked on the scrap heap at 17, 18 years old? Um, self-esteem, um, you know, even mental health sort of issues. And to get them back on track, because that's only one person's opinion, remember. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's not it's not 92 clubs' opinions. There's 92 league clubs. That's one one person's opinion. Mm. So where's where's the safety net to keep these kids? From hitting the floor head first, I, I think it's a shambles. You yeah. ask me. Yeah. And every every Zoom I've done, and I've done Zooms with, I've never missed a week in Zoom in the lockdowns. All of the lockdowns, I did two a week in the first lock, lockdown, and we've not yeah. missed one in any of the lockdowns. I've done Asmir Begovic, just to chuck a couple of names at you: Asmir, Ben Foster, Jonathan Gould, Birchie at Fulham, yeah. um, or every uh, every level. Yeah. Everybody says being in an academy is not the be-all and end-all. Everybody thinks, parents think, being in an academy is a golden ticket. Yeah. It's utter bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Utter bollocks. Especially, especially goalies. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I wasn't in an academy. I played 628 league games and 22 yeah. seasons in the football league. Yeah. I didn't get any coach until I turned pro. Paddy yeah. Kenny was one of my Zoom guests. Never got coached till he was 25 and he was at Sheffield United. Wow, it's mental. Yeah. Jamie Vardy. So, Exactly. It is absolutely not about being coached constantly, day in, day out. And if you're not, you're not going to make it. It is nonsense. It's yeah. What it is about, though, is when you get an opportunity, at whatever age that is, to be improved by someone who knows what they're doing, how ferocious are you at taking on board the information, how coachable are you, and how hard are you going to work in relation to improvement. So the harder you work, the faster you improve, as long as you've got someone there that is teaching you the right things to do. Yeah. And that doesn't mean say you've got to be coached from eight years old. Yeah. Not at all. That's very yeah. true. So yeah, the quick fire one. So what is your, I know you don't drink anymore, but what was your favourite drink after to celebrate? Thatchers. Thatchers. Pint. Yeah. Yeah. Gold or, gold or haze. Gold or both. Or haze. Oh yeah, haze. I'll tell good. you what, I'll tell you what we did when we got properly pissed um, and you get a bit silly. We used to drink um, WKD and port. That's, that's um, what's that called again? That's um... It's called Fuck yourself right up. Yeah, that's what's cool. <laughs> yeah, have a glass of fuck yourself right. Absolutely, up. absolutely finished me off. WKD yeah. and blue and port. WKD blue and port, and I can't even remember what it was called. Yeah, I'll that's probably because it's that has caused me to lose some brain cells. That, um, that's that's annoying me now. I'll, I'll that sounds so drinkable. That's the problem. That's you getting. You have to just drink the top top bit of the WKD blue and then tip the port in. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I got it. He was getting so pissed. Oh, I, can't I can't remember what it was. Cheeky Vinto. Something like it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was cheeky, right? <laughs> what is your go-to takeaway? Curry, Indian, definitely all day long. Which one? Do you know what? I, I vary. I don't go any hotter than a Jalfrezi. Yeah. And then I'll switch between Jalfrezi. Um, how how soft? Uh, chicken. Oh, proper soft. Like yeah. masala and korma, sander, um, uh, and chicken balti, sort of that that sort of that sort of level. But I've never ever gone hotter than Joe Frazee. My yeah. eyelids sweat. What's that about? The eyelids sweat. Yeah, that's mental. My eyelids sweat. Yeah, that's, that's really mental, that's, isn't it? And that's that's why happening. I don't. 
No, I don't go harder than the job crazy because I get sweaty eyelids. That's not attractive either when you sit opposite your partner. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I can imagine. imagine. Yeah, especially if you got, especially if you got a bit, you got a bit horny and you want to get upstairs. Yeah, yeah. the last thing she needs to look oh, at yeah, is your sweaty yeah. eyelids. Yeah, yeah, eyelids, yeah just... that's the last thing. <laughs> that's yeah. the last thing. Yeah. <laughs> do, you get, do you get all the trimmings, the poppadoms, and the yeah, oh, make poppadoms. We get about we get probably bits. fifteen poppadoms. 15 yeah. poppadoms and we only eat about six and then I can hardly eat my main meal but they're better when they're soft and they're the next day next yeah. day definitely yeah. next day poppadoms are absolutely ridiculous but you've got to take about seven gallons of water with you because they're so salty <laughs> but yeah what's your, cha- what's your changing room tune oh do you know what oh do you know what I'll tell you what isn't my changing room tune and I volleyed many of many a, a jukebox <laughs> all this all this thumping well, I don't even know what it's called music Thump, 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 oh, thump, like, rapping, swearing. Fuck, I'm a yeah. Oh, I've, just, I've, and I've, I've volleyed so many and broke them on purpose. I said, look, if you don't change the music, that is going to get volleyed. <laughs> I, right? yeah. It's going to get volleyed. I want a bit of like, I don't mind a bit of disco music, dance music, sort of beat and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but no, like, I can't even hear what they're singing, some of them. And what's that? It's not going to get me inspired for the game. You want some music on that's going to get you lifted and come on. Yeah, yeah. Any anything bar that. During your career, did you ever have the role of music man in the dressing room? No, never. No, uh, I, I got I got slaughtered for my music. I would have put steps on or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, five, six, seven, eight. That'll do. Yeah. So I never, I wasn't really asked that, that that thumping music. Oh my god! After the game <laughs> as well, because I shout quite, I shout quite a lot in a game, and I like sometimes I shout so much I give myself an headache. <laughs> the last thing you want is to come in after the game and yeah, you've won and you're buzzing, but someone put that bullshit on. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> put a bit of Kylie on, will you? <laughs> down a bit. Get rid of my headache first. Step was having Kylie, fair play. Good little yeah, anything. Anything. Yeah. Um, and the final one is who would you put on the plinth in the centre of Bristol? You know, the plinth that lost the statue. Me. You? Yeah. Well, you've played for both yeah. clubs, so. Yeah, well, they'd make it hard enough so that no one could push it in the river for a start. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look how long that has lasted. <laughs> they'd, 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 they'd have a self-destructing Steve Phillips statue in place of the old Colston statue that blew up if anyone tried to graffiti it or push it over <laughs> because it would be a City fan. Yeah, it would. <laughs> and that would be my own get. That would be my get back because I guarantee you that that person, that the first person that would try and dismember that statue of me. Was would have been one giving me grief on that night when we went back to Bristol Rovers. Probably be Gary Johnson. There you go. It, Definitely. It'd blow him up. But if it was him, I'd be buzzing. <laughs> Fair shout. Fair shout. I think, yeah, mate, that, that's spot on. That was, that was top chatting. Thanks a lot for coming on. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry it's overrun um, yeah bit of a long one to be fair uh, yeah no mate don't worry about that I, listen in all honesty the statue for me if I was yeah. to put a statue would be Mike Gibson okay yeah nice one great so thank you very much Steve um, no problem guys and uh, wish you all the best with um, your newborn coming very very soon and um, good yeah, luck yeah any minute any minute innit yeah good luck with your goalkeeping academy and everything, everything you're doing as well so it's, it's great to hear about it cheers yeah no problem guys it's been a pleasure Cheers, Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Thanks Steve. a lot. Thank Cheers, you. mate. Cheers. See you. Bye. Right then, Brizzle 11 time. Yes, another one in the bag. And the fact you even put them two together has wound me up. 
I mean, Scott Murray did mobilize his Twitter audience. And that, that, that's the way to do it. He, he was proud enough to admit that he voted for himself. Yeah. No yeah. shame. No, to be fair, I, I just, there has to be, and no disrespect to Billy Bowden, but there has to be some other right midfielders you're missing. Uh, do you know what? I just, I just can't think of many wide players that have done much for Bristol Rovers in my time. Obviously, yeah, maybe, be... maybe before I started watching them, but this is our team. Do you know what? There'll be quite a few people out there going, what do you mean? Them I think like um, there was a couple that probably are thinking, well, that's a ridiculous matchup. But I do just want to clarify that this is our lifetime and players we've seen in in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, and for the majority of my life, Rovers have been trash. And Bristol City, to <laughs> be fair. Um, and when they like, under Holloway, they played 3-5-2, so they had wing-backs. Yeah. And then under Daryl Clark... We kind of played all sorts of formations. Yeah. So, and then, um, so I, was, I struggled to think of any wingers, to be honest. I think Bristol City are lucky in that we've had Scotty Murray. And he would have he would have won anyway, and it just happens to be that he is now kicking. Do you know what? Even Rovers fans are voting for him, so. Yeah, it's, look, it's not difficult, that one. Scotty, I think you've earned your place. Yeah, you can, if only you could see the smile on Patrick's face. <laughs> Yeah, right, well, let's get on to, well, I suppose, left midfield. Yeah, you went first last week, so I'll go first this week. All right, I was going to offer, but yeah. seeing as you jumped the gun, off you go. So I've gone for more flair this week, like I went for flair last week. Yeah. Billy Bowden. Yeah. Um, Mark Waters. Okay. So it might be a bit of a strange one to some Rovers fans out there, but uh, he joined us in 1999-2000 season, halfway through. When we were like top of League One, flying. Yeah. Um, when we started pumping money into the team to get him over the line. Unfortunately, it obviously didn't go to plan. Yeah. Uh, so 35 years old, end of his career, some would say. Yeah. Not, not for Rovers. Um, <laughs> but he he was obviously a much classier player in his younger years, playing for Aston Villa, good Rangers side and Liverpool. Yeah. So yeah, he was a good player. And dropping down to League One, you could see the class. Um and like I said last week, there's only two players I can think of in my time as Portland Rovers that have been able to do stepovers. <laughs> yeah. That's Billy Bowden, who I voted for last week. <laughs> and then Mark Walters, who came in 99 and, you know, wowed the mem because they'd never seen a stepover before. Yeah, yeah. And he was just doing all these stepovers down the wing. And every time we got a free kick on the edge of the box, he just put it top corner. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um and like you hit with the outside the boot curl top corner. Left footed or right footed? Left footed. Left footed, yeah. Um and then you would do like this this raise the roof celebration. Nice. Like the FIFA and he, and raise he, the he roof. He had the collar up. Yeah. Um and he's his class. Um something about left footers, I've got to say. Yeah. So um and he brought a bit of flair to that team as that team was just attacking and pace and strength and but he brought some flair to it. Um so so yeah, thirty five years old, eighty two games, thirteen goals. Obviously, we didn't get much out of him because he was 35. But in, in, that, in that season when we had kind of Curitan Roberts up front, uh, he did look class. But then the year after when they all left, he didn't look class. But Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that is my choice. Well, interesting you go down that route of flair um, because I've gone down a similar route. Now, the argument, obviously, for this one is that he might not be a left midfielder. He's, he's definitely not a left midfielder. Uh, no, but I've seen... He you, played you, there in, uh, for Swansea. You, did he? I've seen him, yeah. Absolutely. He was the main man at Swansea. He was the main man. 
he's up front. Well, I've seen him out doing magic on the left. If I'm the manager, I think I put him out at left midfield. I don't think I'm happy with this. Well, I don't think you're happy with this because he's going to beat Mark Walters in the poll. Um, but I right. So Lee Trundle does not fit into our strike force, and he probably doesn't fit into our my midfield of, of my choices. But you cannot have an all-time eleven without sort of mentioning one of the greatest showmen to ever have played football. He's not a left midfielder. The bloke was an absolute why pick, why, joke. Why don't you pick him at centre back or left back then? Or well, let's be honest. He's not going to do a job centre back, is he? The last thing you want is a rainbow flick in the middle of your box. <laughs> but this bloke was unbelievable. Look, Sixty-two games for City, um, eight goals, eight goals. Yeah, but this is what I mean. He's a, he's a left midfielder, mate. Give him a give him a break. <laughs> he's got um, a, a one in six strike rate for no, a striker. We, no, yeah. Well, look, it's gone absolutely. He's not beauty. even got pace. I'm not arguing at yours, am I? If you're going to argue, look, I know you're hurt from last week, so it's fair enough. But all I'm saying, mate, is uh, um, yeah, scored eight, six two games, scored eight, scored an absolute beauty against Palace, um, and for a really showboat alone on Soccer AM, Trundle's in, and Trundle is in the all-time eleven left midfield spot. I met him once. Did you? Yeah. How was that? Yeah, he's a nice guy. I met him at Swansea at the Vetch. Oh yeah. In the dressing room. Oh, right. Oh, what were you doing in there? <laughs> I was at, uh, had hospitality at the Vetch, which is, uh, is is a thing. I'd imagine that <laughs> sounds exactly how it is. And we got invited into the dressing room before the game to meet the players, and we met, obviously, the Swansea dress, not the Rovers one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember the the dinner, you know, when you go to hospitality, even back then, this was, this was two, the early 2000s. Yeah. You expect sort of like a plate at the very least. I remember it was curry. But I don't think the plates had gone... Even back in 2000, there were still plates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember it was a curry yeah. in like a party bowl thing. You know those like disposable party bowls or yeah, party yeah. plates? So we had yeah. that. Well, that's good. Mate, saves on washing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what the problem is there. <laughs> but, um, but basically, uh, you haven't prepared and you just plucked Lee Trundle out of thin air to go left midfield. Uh, that's correct, but also I fully believe he should at least get a mention in our Brazil eleven. Um, yeah. The bloke was an absolute joke, and I remember being, well, what would I be? Twelve, eleven, twelve. I was watching him on Soccer AM in Showboat, and I remember thinking that bloke is ridiculous, and uh, uh, we should sign him. Bristol City. I'd love to watch him every week. I'd love to watch him every week. Next thing you know, a million pounds later, who's putting on a red and white shirt? Lee Trundle. And he was. He, he was just a joy to watch. And, and uh, I, I, I'd have him on our, our midfield any day of the week. Yeah, good hair. Yeah, great hair. Yeah. Uh, have you seen a video of him recently with that penalty for Neath? No. Is it Neath? Or was Probably it Port Talbot? Uh, one of the, he's done them all, I think. <laughs> so he's playing like just lower, lower leagues. <laughs> he's put the ball down on the spot. And without even sort of taking his left foot back, he's punted it into the... Before he's even got up from the crouch of putting the ball down, he's kicked it into the top left-hand corner without no back lift or anything. It's to be, unbelievable. To be honest, any other league, the referee would restart that, but probably because he's Lee Trundle in South Wales, they'll just go, yeah, we'll give it to him. Trunds, yeah. Oh, and the and the over-the-shoulder roll, that's got to be handball in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, the, look, the bloke was a ridiculous... To be fair, and, he, 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 was, he did some ridiculous stuff on football pitches. Pl- players like that, when he was in, for me, are just a joy to watch. And it's interesting, you like to bring Mark Walters in for his flair. Yeah. Um, well, I'll do that with Lee Trundle. To be honest, Lee Trundle's peak was League Two where no one could, no one could handle him. 
because he was, and he was he could get away with all his ridiculous tricks at League Two because in the Championship you just you get caught out for it. I feel like in the Championship managers are a bit more like cut yeah. that out, yeah. get in your position, do that. Whereas League Two, you go go on, enjoy yourself. Whereas well, but... League Two was just his playground. Yeah, exactly. And he and he took the piss, and it yeah. was a joy to watch. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, our left midfield nominations for the Brazil eleven. Uh, you want to vote for mine, Mike Mark Waters of Bristol Rovers, or vote for Patrick's Lee Trundle of Bristol City. To vote, head over to our Twitter page, which is at Brazil Kicks Pod, and you can vote there. And then next week we'll announce the winner and who gets the number eleven shirt um, on the left flank to join Scott Murray on the right flank. So, another episode done and dusted. Yeah, mate, what's that, five? Six. Six, shit. We've got, we've got another exciting guest coming up, so um, watch our Twitter feed to hear about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, the best way to help us out is by subscribing, and you can even give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, five stars would be lovely. Also, if you want to get in touch, then follow us on Twitter at BrizzleKicksPod and drop us a tweet. We're back in a week's time with another potential interview. So stay tuned. See you next week. Thanks, Coop.